0: welcome to abiding in avalon i am your friendly neighborhood judas pagan witch and your host (laughs) rebecca thistle podcasting to you live ish from my doodly hermitage my subterranean fortress of solitude the doodly hermitage (laughs) uh still have not gotten that really cute soundbite of my daughter saying like and scribe I I recorded it. I mean, we 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 sat down. We recorded it, and then she listened back to it. She's like, "No, I want to do it again." And we we got it to where she was happy with it, and you know, I mean, I would have been happy with it no matter what, right? <laughs> and then now I can't find it. Little and put it in the fucking show, and it's almost like I'm not a professional podcaster. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I I want to talk about the grail. Of course I want to talk about the grail. <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to talk about the historicity of, of, of Arthur, but, um, or Anne Arthur probably would be a better way of putting that. Well, I, <laughs> I don't know. Either something clicked in my head or I, I just positioned myself differently on the mic because it sounds different in my headphones. Anyways, so, uh, the grail. <laughs> Um, cause I, I was just listening to, um, and you know, as I said, you know, my, in the last episode, my, my primary source on, uh, Arthurian, well, everything (laughs) is the, is, uh, Dorsey Armstrong's great courses, uh, lecture series, um, on the matter. And and I and I was just listening to the lecture on the Grail, the Grail. I <laughs> uh, make myself laugh, um, and and I had this and I had this realization because in in Arthurian literature, um, first of all, the Grail doesn't really come up until the French get a hold of it, via uh the people of Brittany, the Bretons, I guess is what they're officially called. But the people of Brittany, who, um, you know, real quick recap, I think I mentioned this last week. Um, as the the Anglos and the Saxons were invading uh the Isle of Britain, the uh Celts, um a, a certain amount of them went across the English Channel And settled in uh, France, in in the area known now as Brittany, um, which sort of vaguely means like little Britain, or another Britain, or something like that. And uh, the Breton, the Bretonic language, you know, the the language they speak in Brittany, um, which is probably dying out, uh, unfortunately, actually has more uh, connection to uh the modern camrèg language welsh <laughs> i don't i don't like to say welsh i really don't I, I i i have that internal struggle every time i'm like oh i'm about to have to say welsh but i don't want to say welsh but nobody knows what camrèg means camrèg means welsh the people of of Wales prefer to call themselves Camry, and they prefer to call Wales Cymru, which essentially means like country, countrymen, um, you know, our country, uh, uh, the, the term Wales, if you missed it last week, the word Wales, and therefore Welsh, derived from the Anglo-Saxon word, Waelis, which Means essentially foreigner, slave, you know, stranger. Which pisses me off to no fucking end. It's like, you came here, motherfucker. You're the stranger. You're the foreigner. Ugh, anyways. Sorry, my Celt came out anyway, we're going back to the Grail right okay, so um, so we don't we don't really see in Arthurian literature we don't really see the Grail come up until the French get a hold of it and then it just it sort of becomes like a a little motif and then you get it um you get it in the hands of uh the Germans, and they find it a little more interesting um but in, in many of the works, they're, they're less worried about, like, this, this magical grail, grail, than they, (laughs) why are we saying it that way, I don't know, we're just, we're just, we're not gonna keep correcting, okay, (laughs) I'm having fun, that's not the point, uh, well, I mean, that is the point for me, maybe not for you, uh, but they, they don't really focus much on it, uh, the, uh, um, the Germanic uh Arthurian the 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 Germanic takes on on the Arthur legend are really they're they're interesting because they they are sort of a balance between uh because because the French really they really like leaned heavily into that courtly love thing um which you know which is that knights have to prove themselves three times in battle to win the favor of a lady and usually that lady is married by the way <laughs> usually not always but usually um and and then uh, you know the the Germans they they they, they they, they weren't really into the courtly love thing, but they weren't not into it either. You know, um, the Norse, well, I should say the Scandinavians, but you know, we're, we're talking, you know, old Norse is generally how the, uh, Arthurian legends made it over the, the Norse generally didn't care at all about all the courtly love and internal monologues and, you know, and these thoughts and these feelings are like battles, you know relationships were like um they you know they were part of it because they moved the plot along right but the the battles those those were really cool you know and i think that's funny but the germans sort of had that balance between you know between finding fascination within the 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 stories and then the internal moral struggles that come with like the whole court they love lancelot guinevere tristan isold you know that sort of thing um, so the grail really honestly gets developed by the French because as the French sort of, you know, are are leaning into that whole medieval romance thing, like what better way, you know, than plus with, you know, the, the Catholic Church being in charge of fucking everything and, and uh, the Crusades and all this stuff. Now we're starting to see the French, you know, doing a little bit of, um, a little bit of that old uh, propaganda sort of thing, you know, the crayon, right? And the English have fun with it. Um, And so then, so then it starts evolving over time from less of like this, this magical thing that pops up in a couple of stories and more into like the grail, you know, the grail that uh, uh you know the 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 chalice if you will that uh Jesus uh used at the last supper and then consequently uh Joseph of Arimathea uh used to catch his blood while he was uh to catch Christ's blood while he was being crucified and then uh I don't know what he did with the blood but you know <laughs> i guess he carried in the chalice the whole time because then apparently joseph of arimathea like goes to britain and um i guess teaches the british about jesus i you know like i that's that's where i peter out because i my brain goes fuzzy (laughs) that sort of thing so but when you're looking at 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 the development of of this this grail story you know from just being a you know magical thing that mm, has some connections to the celtic idea of like a a cauldron of plenty or a dish of plenty where, you know, like, it, you know, it, it, it always refills itself with the things that you need slash want slash desire, whatever. Anyways, to the, you know, the grail, the holy grail, right? Um, but you, you see it evolve over time, primarily, like I said, in the French, but the English also sort of starts to take over it after a while uh you know, and especially once you get to Mallory's work, which he wrote in in the late fourteen hundreds, if I'm not mistaken. Cause you have you have Mallory's Mort d'Arthur, which is not what he actually wanted to call it, it was a whole thing. But then you have the alliterative Mort tour Um <laughs> which I, I don't know if that was what it was supposed to be called, but, um, it's also called like the Thornton Manuscript, or it's actually part of the Thornton Manuscript, this, uh, Duke or Earl or, you know, this nobleman, Robert Thornton, um, he, uh, he commissioned this to be transcribed and, um, i believe in in middle english but the reason we call it the alliterative is because it's basically the same story as as mallory's mort that comes about several decades later but it's essentially the same as that like the same basic story and the same basic structure of like sort of uniting all these different arthurian stories together um and then uh uh but it's it's done so alliteratively <laughs> because at this time in English literature this is this around about middle english there's this sort of revival of um of alliteration so anyway so in, in the grail in the, the we're going back to the grail <laughs> you have three knights generally speaking that pursue the the grail. You have uh Lancelot, because Lancelot is the best knight. And you have Percival, or as the Germans like to call him, Parsival. <laughs> I don't know which one I like better. <laughs> because on the one hand it's like Percival, you shorten that to Percy and then you think of Percy Weasley, that fucking Pratt. Right? But Parcival, how do you shorten that? <laughs> Parsi? That sounds weird. That's what you want to call your dog. (laughs) I don't know. Anyways, I'm having fun. That's the point. Um, so you have, uh, Lancelot and Percival, and then you have Galahad. And once you get to, you know, the, the definitive grail story of, you know, this, this triad of knights that each, uh, pursue the grail uh, At different points in their lives. Um, it's interesting to me because Lancelot gets to glance into the room where the grail is held, right? And, but he doesn't actually get to see the grail. He doesn't actually, well, maybe he does. I don't know, but he doesn't actually get to touch the grail um, Percival sort of, you know, gets a little, gets a little bit more, you know, of a chance to interact with the grail. And then Galahad, he actually gets to, to hold the grail. And once he finds the grail and he holds it, he and the grail ascend into heaven because of course, but the thing is, is when you get to the adventures of each of these knights, um, Lancelot's by far is the most interesting because here here's the problem is you have you have this battle between what is right for the world and then what is right for the church right and right in the eyes of the church what is right and what is the right thing to do as a person living in the world and what is the right thing to do as a christian following the the mandates of the church right and Lancelot always, <laughs> always does the knightly thing, like always, you know, in these, in these, in some of these grail stories, um, he's he's faced with these these obstacles and he meets these people and they're meant to be symbolic so you know in 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 one instance you see uh he comes across a battle taking place between these knights dressed in white and these knights dressed in black and the the knights in white are beating the shit out of the knights in black right and Lancelot, as, as a knight of King Arthur's court, sworn to chivalry, the Pentecostal oath, and all that stuff, he is honor-bound to help the weak. And so he goes and he helps the, he helps the knights in black and, you know, defeats the knights in white, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And only to be told later by a hermit, which, I mean, there are so many hermits. Everywhere in fucking Arthurian literature, it's like, no, what? What? They're, they're just, they're, they're everywhere. <laughs> How can you be a hermit if, you, if they, they're, they're like every five feet? Anyway, so this hermit tells Lancelot, oh, no, that was symbolic that that you know it was it was the forces of Christ versus the forces of Satan, right, and you said it with the forces of Satan, and to Lancelot's credit, he's like, "Oh shit, I didn't understand that oh you know, you know and 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 vows to, vows to do better, uh, but doesn't because he's Lancelot, you know he he is a knight before anything else, uh parts of all um he comes across these things uh, you know he he learns he learns as he goes. So, you know, he might have one challenge that comes up and he doesn't, you know, rise to that challenge. Um, but then, but then the next challenge comes up and he goes, Oh, wait, wait, wait. I learned that lesson before of like, you know, maybe this isn't. And so Percival tends to sit back and observe before he, you know, does anything and he, you know, and he reflects on the lessons that he's learned. And so he does better as he goes um, which is, which is interesting to me. Um, and so, you know, he, he may make the mistake of, of, you know, choosing Satan over Christ, but then the next time he's faced with that choice, like he's like, oh no, wait, uh, let hand path. Not a good thing. Let's go right. You know, fork in the road, et cetera. Um, Galahad on the other hand, always does the right thing. <laughs> Always knows with whom to side. Always knows which fork in the road to take. Always do Galahad as a character in in, in medieval Arthurian literature is fucking boring. And that is the point that, that I'm trying to get through and in, in get to in this podcast. Is it is boring to be perfect. If you are perfect, if you always do the right thing... And, and, you know, I know you're hearing this, but I'm sure you can perceive that I've got the little bunny foo-foo quotey fingers around right thing. <laughs> you're boring. You're you're going to be boring because interesting people fuck up. Like Lancelot, Lancelot is the one that we, that we always think of when we think of Arthur's Knight, the first guy in the head, right? Um... <laughs> Unless, unless your only exposure to Arthurian anything is Monty, Python, Monty Python's Holy Grail, in which case you're probably you might think Sir Robin, because <laughs> he has the song. <laughs> but the Lancelot, Lancelot is and by the way Lancelot French construct. <laughs> and and um quick a side note here about lancelot uh lancelot is you know, like the french when they get a hold of the arthurian legends um the stories uh right around or just after uh, the release of Geoffrey of Monmouth's, I say release, you know, it's not quite the same thing as publishing now, of course this was like, what, ten, ten ninety-nine, <laughs> ten sixty 1099, 1060 something, 1050 something. Anyway, somewhere, somewhere around the Roman, uh, Roman, Norman Conquest. There we go. I have words. <clears throat> and, you know, so the French, the French sort of get a hold of it and they're, and, and because they're French they're like well we're going to make it our thing i don't know how to do a french accent we're gonna make it our thing so they so they add lancelot in you know because prior to that in uh, what we can discern from uh from welsh sources and cornish sources and and you know little things here and there um there's no mention of lancelot no fucking mention of him whatsoever uh, and it's not until the French, and the, and and, uh, and especially uh, is it Chretien? I believe it's Chretien that sort of epitomizes, um, Lancelot, in the Night on the Cart or the Knight of the Cart that's Lancelot the French like yes we're gonna take this this British king but he's gonna have a French knight who is the best knight in the world right <laughs> well after a century or so of Lancelot you know being lauded all over continental Europe is like the best light the best knight um and you start seeing uh the English going hey wait a minute and so, in a lot of English medieval Arthurian texts, um, what you're going to see is Sir Gawain or Gawain uh, as, as being uh, <laughs> being like the, this is this is the guy that we like. <laughs> that's our guy. That's our knight. Nice. <laughs> Sir Gawain is the one that that the English are you know like. It's not that Lancelot isn't there. It's just he's he's. For instance, in Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, right? If you've, if you've never read that. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's it's really big. You know, it's Christmas time and it's a feast. And um, Arthur has decided because this is the custom of the castle. Last week's, you know, show, talking about because reasons. Um, Arthur, Arthur's custom of the castle at Christmas is he can't eat anything until he sees a marvel. <laughs> no marvel, no meal, right? <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and right as he's, he's, you know, saying, "Well, oh, you know, I'm getting hungry. Where's my marvel? Damn it, right? <laughs> uh, in comes this knight just completely dressed in green, everything green with this knight. Like, I mean, the, the, the poet takes great pains to explain all the green stuff in this knight's, uh, appearance. And, uh, and this guy's like, okay, I have something for you. <laughs> One of you know, which of your knights is brave enough to chop off my head. And then, uh, you know, in a year and a day from now, I will chop off their head it's a whole crazy story, right, so, um, so that Green Knight comes in, and, you know, and Lancelot's there, of course, Fucking like, Lancelot's there, because by this point, Lancelot is, like, part for the course in Arthurian literature, but who's the one that steps up and is, like, I'll chop off your head, motherfucker, let's do this, it's Sir Gawain, it's not fucking Lancelot, so i i find it, i kind of find that interesting that that sort of pushback against Lancelot being the greatest knight, but anyway, so going back to the <laughs> to to the point of imperfect people are are more interesting like at the end of the day, you know and 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 I think also this like speaks a little bit to the to the to the general. Um, evolution I guess you could say of the Arthurian literature where it's you know where it starts out that we're telling the stories you know of of Arthur king of the Britons (laughs) well I didn't vote for him anyways um and they're telling the general story of Arthur and this, this, this really great warrior leader guy who, uh, who, uh, you know, fights back, you know, against, against, uh, you know, unlawful invaders, the Anglos and the Saxons. I have some, I have some thoughts. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to move on. But it, it starts, you know, where this, this narrative centers, around Arthur. But then as time goes on, you have all these other stories, as, as Dorsey Armstrong likes to regularly say in this Great Courses um, lecture series, is that the Arthurian legend is sort of like a magnet or a vacuum cleaner, where you have all these, all these other stories that just sort of get stuck to it as time goes on, right, so that Arthur becomes less the main character and more of the backdrop, because there's so many stories that, that, um, that go with it, and, you know, in Mallory's Morte (laughs) d'Arthur, or as Dorsey proposed calling it, the Arthuriad, but we've been calling it Morte d'Arthur for over 500 years now, so, but, you know, in, in, in Mallory's, uh epic work like yes he's he's telling all the stories of of king arthur and his conquests around the world there's uh, there's even a motif that pops up at some point in time of arthur conquering rome and it's like but no (laughs) like i mean yes it'd be nice but that's not how it went It would have been super nice (laughs) but no um And, and, you know, and you can almost see that as like a symbolic of, of Arthur conquering the, um, um, you know, rather than Rome, the Roman Catholic church. I don't know. It's not an idea that I'm, I care to flesh out right now because I'm still sort of letting it percolate in my head. Anyways, um, so you know, but yes, you have this sort of overarching story, but because there are so many other stories about all his knights, and Mallory does this really great thing of being able to to sort of connect why these stories are important, why the, the Tristan story, the Sir Tristan story, um, is important, because there's elements of that story that explain elements of the Lancelot, you know, story, and that explain elements of, like, Merlin, actually, I don't, I, I don't know, perhaps, so, you know, you're really fleshing out all these, all these characters in this big uptick work, so well done, Mallory, um, and actually, uh, Mallory's Morte du Artur is cited almost universally as the primary source for um, modern uh, takes on the Arthurian story. Um, and, uh, you know, from whence that comes, so, you know, at least in, in the English language. In, uh, in In Germany, for instance, Wagner uh did a couple of operas uh Parsifal and Tristan I forget what the other one was but one obviously Parsifal uh goes around you know centers around the the story of Sir Parsifal right um and then and then the other one is the story of Tristan and Isolde which that one's that one's been hitting me hard here lately <laughs> It's 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 uh it's it's um it's been hitting me right in the feels, which I don't appreciate. (laughs) But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It is what it is. But to bring it back to the point of the grail, right? Um these characters are interesting Tristan and Lancelot and Parseval and uh Bedivere and everybody except for Galahad essentially <laughs> Yvonne um and when I say Yvonne I, I think I think the anglicized version is either gonna be Evan or Ivan but regardless Ivan Evan I'm gonna call him Evan I like that better um evan he's interesting because he makes mistakes interesting people make mistakes interesting people do not achieve that holiest of holy titles like sir galahad right interesting people don't always do the right thing interesting people fuck up all the time (laughs) Cause you know, like I, I, like I said, I would wager that more people remember the name Sir Lancelot than, uh, than they do, you know, uh, I mean, maybe Galahad is, is okay, but they, they probably know more about Lancelot because of his illicit affair with Guinevere and they, uh, and they probably know more about Lancelot because he's more human. <laughs> he's more worldly, more knightly, if you will. Um, than than uh Galahad is. And, you know, and then and then you have these other knights that just sort of serve to be these like archetypes. Like for instance, Sir Kay. Um and, like I'm 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 on top of listening to this, re-listening to this Great Courses by Dorsey Armstrong. Um I'm I'm also listening to the Mabinogian, which um is <sighs> Welsh mythology, <laughs> but it's not, um, I don't know, it's, it, 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 it it's also got tales of Arthur, right, so I'm, I'm in, um, I'm in, uh, I'm in the middle of one of those stories, and like, and Sir Kay is, <clears throat> and the way it's pronounced is Kai, <laughs> and she eventually, you know, you can see how Kai becomes Kay, anyways, um, He's a dick. <laughs> Suffice to say, <laughs> and I'm surprised <laughs> that <laughs> that Arthur is 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 entertaining him at all. But you know that. But that's the thing about Arthur is he's not perfect either. Like, yes, we we like to think of him as the once and future king, right? Um, and those of us interested in Arthurian anything, but you know, the once and future king the guy that's, that stood up against you know, invaders and and enemies and created something resembling peace in a time of chaos. And um even though that peace couldn't last forever, you know, it was still it was still worth it. And I have a certain I have certain feelings about um King Arthur versus uh Ludica who also fought back but she fought back against um the romans (sighs) which that's a whole that's a whole other show anyways but arthur not perfect which is probably why we love him (laughs) but what, what what's interesting in the um in the alliterative mort is that um there's there's this trope being utilized of the I have hiccups and burps at the same time. This is weird. Anyways, there's this trope being utilized that Dorsey Armstrong calls um, like mirrored princes, and it's you know it's it's sort of like con- com- comparison and, and contrastization. <laughs> I don't know. Compare and contrast, right? So you have the Arthur in the beginning of the Alliterative Mort. and then you have him at the end. And um, in the beginning, you know, he is fighting back against, you know, a, a real threat. And then at some point, he decides to go conquer Rome because, of course, he fucking does. Um, and then, and then you go to the other side, the contrast, where now instead of being like a good king. He is now a tyrant because, you know, he's taking back power for the sake of taking back power. It's a whole crazy thing. So, yeah. Flawed people are more interesting. I'm just saying. Don't... It, 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 <laughs> If 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 you're having one of those days where you're beating yourself up because oh my god I'm not I'm not I'm not the per- person that I think I should be because the world has told me to be this way, um, like first of all really like dig into like why why do you feel like you need to be that way, <laughs> and that's 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 where I am in my in my journey. Maybe you're there too, but I'm constantly asking myself why why do I tie myself up in knots over these ideas, why do I say, oh my god, Becca, you're so, you're so stupid, oh my god, Becca, you are so ridiculous, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, why are you like this, and then I start, like, going, who told me to be this way, who taught me that this is where my value is, and that's, that's where you start the, the process of unlearning the things that, that you don't need anymore, is, you know, and and so so as you're digging into that, ask yourself Do I want to be perfect or do I want to be interesting? Because Galahad gets the grail. He does everything right. And then once he gets the grail, he goes to heaven. And you can be like, Oh well that's that's a worthy goal, you know, yay. Heaven, amazing. Yeah, but <laughs> like just to me like it's it's just like you know at least Lancelot and Percival get to get to come back and be like hey so this is this is what my adventures were and this is the lessons that I learned so that other people can learn lessons you know and 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 there you know and then many um in in many uh, uh Stories, Arthurian stories, uh, you know medieval pieces, Lancelot and Guinevere, for that matter, end up going into leading a monastic life, you know, and doing penance and 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 doing all right and so even though Lancelot doesn't achieve the Grail, he still dedicates his life to holiness, I guess you could say, and uh Percival gets married. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, maybe that was Evan or Evan or whatever. Anyways, Ivan, Evan. No, I think it was Percival. You know <laughs> I just listened to this <laughs> and now I don't even know how to say anything. But okay. And <laughs> go do the research for yourself don't rely heavily on me the 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 greater point that i'm i'm trying to make is be interesting even if being interesting means making mistakes because if you make mistakes and especially if you learn from those mistakes no matter how many times you make those mistakes as long as you keep learning and growing, you're interesting. And the most interesting people to me are are not the people who did everything right in the, quote unquote, again, you know, little bunny foo-foo quotey fingers. Everything right in their lives. They're the people who fucked up. Who, you know, uh, married the wrong person. But left the marriage, you know, on threat of death. <laughs> you know, because if I say I'm gonna die, if I leave, I might still die, but at least I'll, you know, die having, you know, taken taking back control of my life. Um you know, the 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 interesting people are not the people who fell into line. They're the ones that blurred the lines, crossed the lines. Hopefully not too far over the line um, into douchiness. But, you know, they're, they're the imperfect people. So, yeah, don't be Galahad, be Lancelot or Percival. (laughs) <laughs> or or Gawain I like Gawain Gawain I'm I'm with the you know I generally don't get on board with the English on much but you know with Gawain I'm on board with that fuck Lance lot <laughs> I mean I don't care about the whole Guinevere thing that's that's none of my business right but that is messy <laughs> but I, I like Gawain because he, he's got a hot head and you know there there's there's just there's something about a guy who's like, "Yeah, I'll cut off your head, sure, and a year and a day from now you can cut off my <laughs> It's whole <all> crazy, <laughs> oh, so yeah, anyways, Arthurian literature, I feel good talking about this anyways, so awkward self promotion time. go to my website rebeccathistle.xyz dot x y z. you can check out my course on uh, creating an adhd friendly spiritual practice um and if you use the coupon code avalon77 uh you can get seventy seven percent off the uh, asking price, which you know, I, I retail that at seventy seven dollars because numbers. But you take seventy seven percent off of that and it, it bumps it down to seventeen dollars and seventy one cents. I know. <laughs> it's great. Uh so yeah. Avalon seventy seven Rebecca Thistle XYZ to uh to take advantage of that. I also have um I offer coaching services and card reading services. I'm uh, going back and forth in my head about whether or not I want to start offering um, uh, energy healing type stuff. Because uh, I'm i I'm not sure how how that will be. But you know you can you can keep an eye on on all that stuff. You can also at RebeccaThistle.xyz you can go check out all my socials. Follow me on Facebook on Instagram on threads even though I haven't really been out on threads lately. I I was enjoying it for a while you know it's it's hard to go through that feed like with with voiceover on. And it's it's not that the app isn't accessible, it's just that it's it's I I I don't like I don't like the way that it's formatted with my accessibility issues. But anyways you can follow me on on Facebook, on Instagram, on threads and of course my primary platform. tiktok um and yeah lots of lots of lots and why i say lots of stuff but there's, there's there's lots of good stuff out there on my website rebecca Thistle.xyz. okay i'm done i'm done i'm done okay <laughs> uh, so you know of course like inscribe <laughs> you know rate review like subscribe all that fun stuff do the things that uh like, that that might increase my audience from two people to three. I, my goal at this point is a hundred because then I can start running ads and start making like maybe, <laughs> maybe a penny per episode. That'd be great. But you know, whatever <clears throat> we'll get there. We'll get there. Eventually. Maybe 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 once I figure out how to like, you know, actually run a professional podcast, <laughs> that'll 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 be when things turn around. So anyways, um Enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy everything. Take it easy, my dudes. Go forth, stay doodly and abide. <laughs>